Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone. It is the final weird show. The final, final weird show before Christmas. Thank you, Ross Chandley. Uh, <laughs> and the first final weird show where Liverpool are the champions of the world. Um, I am Paul Machen. I am joined by Ross Chandley, by Tom Dorton, and by Elle Smith for this one. Um, Ross? Hi. Hi. Good time. Yeah, you and you and Tom have been gallivanting around the world, yeah. seeing the sights in Qatar. Yeah. Um, I can't even begin to imagine. Like, well, I can because I've, I've seen us win the Champions League and, and the Super Cup in the last six months or so. But amazing. Yeah, great, a great experience. We were kept very, very busy, but obviously we were there for the footy. Um, two decent games, but obviously world champions, and it kind of justifies the whole of going out there in the first place and taking the first team with us. And obviously getting up at the Carabao Cup while we were over there, was, I was fine with. But going back it up by winning it, and that's exactly what the players did. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's been a lot in the media, hasn't there, the, the time about what Liverpool should and shouldn't have done. And a lot of this is just, it's opinion clickbait, actually, from the mainstream media, which is mad. Yeah. Um, Liverpool. Sh- this is what Liverpool should be doing. I'm sorry, but try telling the players, try telling the, the, the fans who are out there, try telling the fans watching it at home, that Liverpool should have chosen the Carabao Cup over this, bollocks. Yeah, it is, and it's funny, there's been a lot of opposition fans coming out and going, oh, it's not on Cup, and then I think Robbo came out and said it, and like, no one's asked about it in England, because not many English clubs get to get there. Yeah. Not many English clubs win the Champions League to then get to become the world champions, so no one's asked about it. Try telling that to Flamengo fans, yeah. who haven't been there for years as well, actually, but they came over in their... Tens of thousands. I know Liverpool went over and like we got about twelve thousand maybe over there. They came over so many more all around the city, dancing, singing. This is something that they really wanted to win, and the the feeling around it was just f- phenomenal. And I I was made up celebrating it with Ross. We literally I, that was one of the best goals I've celebrated for a while. Is yeah. Bobby Firmino after extra time showing just how much of a machine Liverpool are in terms of keeping it going. And scoring that goal, that was just, it was a fantastic feeling to know that you're world champions. Uh, that, this is the thing, I think there's a there's a snobbery at all that goes with this. And we've talked about this on the build-up and how I think teams and managers legitimise tournaments. And I think, look, Real Madrid were wearing their Champions of the World badge until Tuesday, Wednesday. They played El Clasico with it on oh the shirts. Yeah. You know, there's videos of Manchester United players jumping up and down celebrating when they won it. There's video, Lionel Messi scoring the winning goal and won, and he, you know what I mean? Like... It matters, it, you know. It's an officially recognised. But there's people trying to compare it to the Charity Shield. It's not Charity Shield's barely a football game, yeah. you know. As much as people might want it to be, we've gone through the lot. You know, there's there's a there's a, a video being shared of Allison saving it's Napoli last season, basically saying that's the save that ended up that led to Liverpool winning the Continental treble. That it's massive. Yeah, absolutely, and I think rightly so as well. The amount of time that it's taken to to get us to this point. Why would you not want to enjoy it now that we're actually finally here? I think that it's been a good experience. I understand that Klopp had to obviously put a weekend squad out for Aston Villa. And I think he's justified in doing that, really. Yeah. I think I remember a couple of years ago when, oh, well, back end of 2008, 2009, and Arsenal would do that in the Carabao Cup and yeah. Man U would do it. They'd play their kids yeah. and you'd see how good the next generation would be. Yeah. And even though ultimately we went out, it was a quarter-final against Aston Villa that the kids went out in, and that's a big, big achievement for them. But at the same time, we've just taken our main first team all the way over to Qatar, five, 6,000 miles across away from Anfield, and we've put in a shift. 
and we've took home the prize at the end of it, which is what we all wanted. It's a lose-lose situation, isn't it? Because if you've done it the other way around, they go, well, you're disrespecting the world thing that you've already been in there, yeah. so what's he supposed to do? Yeah. If you went half and half, well, you're not going to win either of them, so what's the point? So you go off one of them. A trophy that we've never won before. Mm -hmm. So this, this team that have won the Super Cup, the Champions League, gone, well, we're the first group of lads at Liverpool to win this trophy for Liverpool Football yeah. Club. Well, you, you can that. see it like, when, you know... Cup next season. Yeah, it, exactly that. And that, that's one of those moments, isn't it, that you can... Look, you might never win the, the Carabao, but there's a, odds are you will. Yeah. Because Liverpool have won it loads of times. Yeah. That is our cup. Liverpool have won that competition more times than anyone. And you're guaranteed to be in it every season. Yeah. There's yeah. no guarantee that you are going to... Well, I think it was your dad that said it the other day, Paul, that you've got to finish in the top four before you even qualify for the Champions League. Then once you've qualified for the Champions League, you've got to go on to win it. Obviously taking out some of the Europe's best along the way. Yeah. And then once you've won it, you've got a Super Cup. And then once you've won the Super Cup, you've got two extra games as well. So it's not easy to just turn around and say we're in this every year because it's not a given. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, I, I, like I say, I, I, it's, I think my dad put, actually said this as well, uh, Ross, it, it's a crap tournament. Like, it's crap. It's, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's not a particularly, it's not a big or prestigious tournament. But the final... That you know again. Look at how Flamengo treated it. Look at how their fans treated it. You know, look at the fact that they're still singing about beating us in 1981. Like we don't, you know, we... it, that's based on perception, though, isn't it? It's yeah. a crap tournament because like Al Hilal, Al Sad, Monterey, all these teams that we don't watch in week out, just some automatically assume that they're shit. And I think there was a bit of that about Flamengo as well, going about to well, what's sadly compared to. I was ours. telling my family members, uh, and they were going, and they were laughing at the name. Yeah. Oh, you can't have a team called Flamingo, and it's like they are the biggest team in Brazil. They are like the best supporters. The they've world. won yeah, the most yeah. honors. Yeah. They've got like they've, 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 they've claims. I'm getting this off the commentary, but they sell, claims to have 40 million fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, honest, wouldn't surprise me if they did. Yeah. Their fans over there were fantastic, and they were non-stop from start to finish. Yeah. Even like even when they weren't even playing, they walk around the streets singing. Side's got a great video of them in the marketplace with a tr with a with a trombone. Or was it a trombone or a trumpet, a saxophone, sorry. There you go. They're carrying literal brass bands around with them everywhere they go. <laughs> you know what I mean? They were, they were all brilliant. Sounds of a championship to me, mate. Yeah, no, it, the, the, to be honest with you, the, co the competition was, was jagged. They had this fella on at halftime who oh, was like, trying to hype everyone up because I think that was Qatar as well. They were very yeah. much trying to get people to... It's very Americanised, isn't it? Yeah. So they're trying to sell it as that and it was like, it was a bit... It was just a bit foul. It was it? a big, it was a bit jargon. Well, bear in, terms in mind that, though that like the Carabao Cup final, the league, whatever the fuck it was called when we won it, um, the Kenny Dalglish. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, yeah. uh, Capital Can't. One. Can't um, they had like they were playing rock music at half time. Yeah. They, they were doing the American style pizzazz to try and make that competition yeah, yeah. more relevant. So don't you can't sit there and tell me that the League Cup is um, <laughs> is, is, a, is a is a bigger or it's certainly not bigger. It's it's got more. No. It's got more handles, and that's about it. It's also um, it's also not Liverpool's <laughs> fault that they're in that position. To the, uh, you said they're in this competition for, as a reward for winning the Champions League and the Super Cup. Yeah. They were in the, the Carabao Cup as a reward for getting through to the next round. We could play two games in twenty four hours. They weren't allowed to play the main squad and then fly them all over. It's not Liverpool's fault, is it? So yeah. they've made a choice and it's been justified. Yeah, that's what it is. Anyway, I think we um, Tom, we've clearly been rotating for two weeks. I think with this game in mind, yeah. you know, you can see with the sides we put out, and I think the side against Monterey is weaker than it would have been. Because look, let's be honest, if Van Dijk isn't ill, yeah. he plays Henderson plays the six, and all of a sudden that's a much stronger team. But the side that we put out at the weekend is probably barring Wijnaldum and you can make an argument over who's our best centre-back partner for Van Dijk. Yeah. That was the strongest team we, we could have put 100%. out there. 100%. I mean, Fabinho was uh, as yeah, well in course, there. Yeah. But yeah, you, that's what we were saying. As soon as we heard Van Dijk was fit on the, on the morning of it, me and Ross did the new show and we were like, right, there we go, it's full strength. And you knew it was full strength and I was made up to see that because obviously I know you spoke about it in the Monterey final word, you must have, in terms of we brought on the big guns and they changed the game. Mm -hmm. They did, and you could see the quality we've got there, and you, can you see all that? But that team is not just better quality-wise. That team, in terms of, I spoke about it being a machine, it's better in terms of physicality and, and carrying on till the end. You're watching players like Jordan Henderson, Naby Keita, and that go until the very, very end of their shift and making sure that you, that you get it over the line. That's what the thing that Flamengo and us, that's the biggest difference there in terms of your squads is we are the fittest team in the world. Um, yeah. But I have no doubt in my mind we're the fittest team in the world because if you're the fittest team in the Premier League, then I think you're the fittest team in the world. Well, you can and see it, it showed at the very end. You can see exactly. We'll look at their goalkeeper going down with camp. You know, yeah. Their players were falling apart. Yeah. You know, and, and we've been through a busy period. Be, look, to be fair, they've played like 80 games. 
this season or something stupid. That was the like last that, game of their season, yeah. Um, I think that was partly tactical as well, though, because it was when Liverpool were getting on top and just going, well, we just calmed down five minutes by three of our players dropping on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what they were doing, weren't they? A little bit yeah, it was. Um, and I want to talk about Joe Gomez. Um, I think that's the best game he's had in a year for Liverpool. And you know what? I wouldn't even argue with you there, mate. I think he was, he was brilliant the other day for us. I think what he's probably lacked in the last 12 months is just that confidence and belief in himself a little bit again, that he is of that level where he can partner next to Virgil van Dijk yeah. and we can steady the ship. And I think, obviously, with Matip being uh, as stellar as he was for probably longer than what most fans expected him to be as well. Yeah. And then on the flip side of that, Gomez then being shooed in, shoehorned in soon as Matip got injured. I think that re uh, reconfirmed his doubt in himself a little bit, but he's just worked through that. And I think that goes to show the credit that some, uh, as you said before, the mentality of some of these players, they know when they get their chance to come in and drop into this squad, how important it is to not be the one that drops the ball. Yeah. And I think he was... Obviously, Virgil van Dijk is a better defender, but I think he played a better game than Virgil the other night for us. I, I, I actually agree with that, um, and, and that's the thing, Ross. The thing I remember saying when, when it looked like he was, he was going to get this spell of games was this is not like us dropping <coughs> Seth Vandenbergen, who's yeah. totally unproven. This lad who proved himself. You know, the first half of last season, I think he was he was outstanding. You know, we, we were having conversations about is he in better form than Virgil van Dijk for, for spells yeah, of that? Yeah, for spells of that. Um, it's not worked for him for whatever reason this season, but he, he's. He's got the talent, and I think that was probably the first game. We've seen little bits and pieces, but he's had a little ricks here and there within individual games in, in recent weeks. But we've stopped, we've been keeping clean sheet, more clean sheets with him in the team than yeah. I think we've been keeping prior to it. And again, I just it's, it's covering play, it's all it's all around composure on the ball, striding out of the fence and what have you. I just thought he was brilliant. Yeah, I think you're only as good as your last performance. But I, I think you're right. This game is where, like the Arsenal game where he's playing with kids, yeah. not his fault. He's been playing at right back, not his fault. The Montreal game, he's playing Jordan Henderson and they're getting balls around the back. So it was like, I think you go. To blame Joe Gomez as he's the you know the leader in that defence or the organiser, but no one's kind of took control in that sense. Whereas this game, having Van Dyke next to him, having Trent at right back and being in that back five, as well as having the consistency in that position, it's just confidence for him. I think once he's got that run of games under his belt, I think you're right now is the time where he knows Lovren's injured, you know Matip's injured, he needs to perform now because if he doesn't, he just wants to take his place. The, the the best part about that game is it showed every part of his skill set. He had to do the recovery pace. We saw that when he when he makes when he comes back and fantastic challenge. He has that composure on the ball. He can play that ball. He's not as good as Matip at doing it, but he can play that ball into feet. He's also got the little burst of pace to get away from people when he's got the ball at his feet mm -hmm. and and stride into midfield and make things happen there. He's got the heading ability because they, they, they put it to his side every single time because they know they're getting nothing out of Virgil. Yeah. It showed every single thing that we know that he's good at. He's not a right-back. He's a centre-half who can do it all yeah. on his day and, and his day is usually what, what, what happens whenever he takes to the field. I think... He has struggled this season, but I think it's exactly what Ross has spoken about there. Is he's getting put with kids or people who he's not used to being next to and being charged as this leader, so it all goes onto his shoulders. Yeah. When you have someone like Virgil van Dijk who's telling you, right, okay, you've got a little lapse in concentration, get back there, you've got a world-class mentality next year, and then that ups his game, as Virgil does, but he's got that raw talent anyway. I think I'd love to see him take that spot away from Matip and Lovren, mm -hmm. purely because they're getting on a bit now. Yeah. If you can then cement that position for next season and go, there you go, and then the older lads are your FA Cup fellas who are then tasked with being the leaders, which they're better at doing because they've done it for longer. Fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just, uh, just fantastic to see a, a lad who's he's really struggled and you, I got no sense of that from his performance. And, you know, what you see a lot of is teams target behind Trent. Yeah. And he stops that being a thing. You know, like the, the good thing you've got when you've got Fabinho, Matip, and Van Dijk in, you just you're impenetrable aerially. So you can't go you can't go long oh, against Liverpool because we eat that up all day. But what teams can do is go go direct. And Monterey caused us loads of problems doing this. But because of Gomez's positional sense and his recovery pace, you you can you, obviously if Trent's pushing up and Trent's not back in for whatever reason, it leaves a big hole. But Gomez just. He just covered, he eats up the ground. Yeah. It's impossible to get past. Well, that. we was watching a few of the highlights as well just before we started, and I think it was that one where he makes that uh, recovery run just after Trent loses the winger, mm -hmm. and again it's it's coming into the box, and Trent almost puts an hand on him as if to say, "I'm going to pull you back." He reads the space well, knows I can't do that because if you go down, and let's be honest, they was just going down with a yeah. bit of wind blowing over them. Yeah, you go down, it's going to be a foul <laughs> or a pen, whatever it is. And Joe Gomez just reads the situation, he carries on his run and he puts the block in in the end. And I think it was a game for him where he was able to just 
focus on the jobs that he needed to do right, yeah. getting his individual battles and his individual things in the areas that he needed to, to play and pick up. He got them all right the other day, and I think that'll be something that'll give him the confidence, hopefully, moving into the new year. Yeah, absolutely. And Bobby Firmino, <laughs> he, uh, what a mad game of footy, Ross. You know, I he has... three of his goals, and two of them weren't goals. <laughs> yeah, 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 basically, <laughs> like, yeah. He, uh, he's two absolutely brilliant chances. Obviously, the, first, the one right at the opening of the game, yeah. he sticks over the bar. The one at the start of the second half, where he does everything right, apart from it's the, it's the post, and then ultimately gets the winner, which we'll, we'll kind of, let's, let's go through it. It was a weird game for Bobby Firmino. Yeah. He showed just how amazingly dangerous he can be. Um, but, you know, I'm glad he ultimately gets the goal, duh, because we <laughs> win the, the cup. But, he, um, but yeah, it would have been one of those games where we might have been talking about the, the wastefulness or the lack of, you know, whatever, cutting edge in front of the goal. That's very much what it felt like as, as the game went on. I think it was the one after he hit the post, just going, this is just going to be one of them days where we, won't, we aren't scoring. But I think you can always bank on this on this Liverpool side. They continue to create chances. I always compare it. It's like we had Ricky Lambert. Barini and whoever else it was of just creating nothing yeah. whereas this side yeah. had the mentality where you don't give up and go actually I think I think Gomez did a piece about it it was like oh, we don't give up our heads don't drop yeah. we'll just carry on going we'll go. yeah. and that's when the fitness comes into it we'll go again we'll wait till you're tired out mentally and physically Liverpool don't do that and I just think like I said the one where it's the post I turn around and celebrate it Turn back round and the ball wasn't near the corner. I was like, how the fuck has that happened? How have you missed that? Yeah. The first one's just kind of find his lines he's trying to love the goalkeeper the audacity of, of doing stuff and again, even for his goal, I thought he, I thought he fucked it up. Mm. I was like, just hit mm. it. And he's yeah, like, no, yeah, yeah. three sits the goalkeeper down and it's, it's a quality finish. But again, he's someone who hasn't been in, in his most prolific form of late. Jeez, I think that's, again, that's where you're thinking, oh, it's just not going to happen. But it's just won us. Basically, he's won us the competition. And yeah. do you know what I loved about um, Firmino the other day? More, almost as much as his goal, it was, I think they had two corners. And in those two corners, it was Bobby that was clearing our yeah, lines yeah, for us. Yeah. And... It was like, at first I was watching, thinking, who was the defender there? Yeah. And then the replay showed it was Bobby, and I was thinking, that's brilliant, because yeah. if he wasn't reading the game, and what striker reads the game as a defensive point of view and thinks, I need to drop back in, yeah. because there's a second ball coming in in 10 seconds, and I know it is, yeah. and he was on it, and I just thought, that's just brilliant. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. Well, it's funny, because you, you spoke about Flamengo being one of the most successful sides in, in, in Brazil. He'll have known that. Yeah. He'll have gone into this game going, these, these aren't any joke, lads. He will have told them, and so will have Alisson, and, and all the other Brazilian lads in, in, in the team. I, like obviously they had a bit of flair doing Megs and players here and there. That bit of flair for the for the second chance when he hits the post, he lets it run past him. He flicks it over the centre half head, and then just for a bit of luck, misses. But well, he hits the post, and you're thinking that is Bobby Firmino in a nutshell. And all them Brazilian fans will have known that they watch him play for the national team, and that will have spared him on a little bit more as well. It's telling that he had them the the chances for Liverpool. Um, I, I love the fact that he just carried on going. And yeah, well, it's that thing. That's of, the thing. Look, as we said, look how he scores the winner. Yeah. The chances he's missed, mm. it's the hardest of the chances almost yeah. by yeah. the end of it, because obviously the way, ultimately the way he takes it, I don't know whether it is, if he just takes it first time, it might be slightly less so. But the point is, is that's an extra time. If that's a, a lad who's like, who's lucky or, or he's not very good or whatever, he, he does it, he's not in the right position and he, and he, and he fucks that up. Yeah. But to have the coolness, the calmness, the composure, to just be in that situation and he, he, he just commands that situation because again, take the shot, no, drops the shoulder, take the shot, no, drops the shoulder again, take the shot, oh yes, sound, run away, celebrate and you've just won the club. It's not, it's not a goal of someone who's short of confidence, yeah. even though he hasn't been great over the past few games, but he knows that he's, re he's been able to rely on Mo Salah for a few games, Sadio Mane for a few games, Naby Keita for a few games, and now he's gone, it's my time to shine, boys. Mm -hmm. You've done that for me, I'll do it for you now and I, I love the fact that, again, <laughs> There's a lot of strikers. I mean, Troy Deeney hadn't scored a goal for nine months and then he put a penalty away against United. Yeah. Nine months. Yeah. And that, like, I can't fathom a world where Bobby Firmino hasn't scored for nine months. So we're talking about, we have different levels than all these other teams yeah. nowadays in terms of creating chances, of scoring goals. Bobby Firmino's not scored a goal for a month, maybe. Yeah. Well, Something like that, and we're upset with it. He's scored more goals in Qatar than he has on Merseyside this yeah. season, which is uh, that is mad. Yeah, to be fair. A bit fine by me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah, I mean, un until this point. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Fine up until now. Then now change it, Bobby. Um, speaking of the Brazilians, uh, Ross Dot Allison was just was uh, once again. You know, I think it was more pronounced against Monterey. I think he had overall probably more saves to make. Yeah, but there's a couple of just outstanding stops in this game. Yeah, I think he makes them look easy as well. When you see them back on the replay, you think you're a sound, but like, the more he's pushing it away, he's got to get down low and quickly, it's a snatch shot. 
it just proves why we spent all that money on him. But both those games are in recent form where you you can penetrate our defence, but then there's still another wall you've got to, just got to try and get past. And it's Allison. It's, it's glorious to have him in our team. Yeah. There was one where he, he comes out, and he's been doing this a little bit, where he's a sweeper-keeper. Yeah. been coming out. There was one, and I was a bit worried. He came out, and I was like, don't you dare. If you pass that to Robbo, winning shit, don't pass. And he just went, I know, and put it out of play. Yeah. And, and you're thinking, yeah. another goalkeeper could have played it there, and then they would have yeah, closed down Robbo and it goes. playing goalkeeper. Someone yeah. who knows his role is to play the ball, looks for a pass that isn't Exactly, there. and he just went, no, no, lads, calm down. It's going out of play because someone fucked up. I'm calming it down, everyone get in position and we'll go again and that's an, an, again an elite mentality <coughs> It runs through this club. You're alright to put the ball out to touch sometimes, that's fine and he knew, he knows to end his biggest moments and again, distribution's fantastic as normal. Ross spoke about that save. It's just nice having someone like that, a calm yeah. presence in goal and going, you, you, we don't need to worry. If it gets through the lines and it's one-on-one, one, I back him more than 50%. It's yeah. mad just how good he is. He, um, he's something else. Uh, you know, we, we've talked about it. He, he, it's, it seems like another lifetime since Carrius. You know, mm. and 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 you know, and th- those situations. Someone goes through on our goal now, and I just presume it's not going in. Yeah, yeah, which is absolutely insane. It's fantastic to see. And I, think, I think most strikers or whoever it is that is running through, they probably think. I've got to beat Allison, yeah. and that's the first thing. And yeah. like normally, it's those uh, we said it before plenty of times. It's um, it's the small details in in the, in big games now when you're playing Liverpool. But that is a detail that people just can't overlook. Yeah. You finally got past Van Dijk. You feel like you deserve a goal. We just yeah. got past Van Dijk. <laughs> We've got past the Gomez or the Matip. Now let me just score, and then you look up and it's not Carius anymore. It's not Mignolet. It is Allison, and he is worth his bread and butter. He's he's an amazing goalkeeper, and yeah. I think. He's just got, as you said there, mate, he's got a common presence that like he, he can he can just kinda give that energy out and yeah. it feeds through the whole team yeah. and the team believe, yeah, we've got the best shot stopper on the planet. And well, there's a bit of confidence and arrogance about him to think of all the stuff that he's won, like the individual awards yeah, yeah, on top of everything else, in a year mm-hmm. of going, I'm the best fucking goalkeeper the, on, yeah. on the planet. Went to you, right? Yeah, yeah, it's mad because the but Dan Kennett, our good friend Dan Kennett, as he tweeted uh, yesterday, Alison Becker's played five win or go home matches for Liverpool, either finals or games where we faced elimination. Flamengo, Salzburg away, Spurs, Barcelona home, Napoli home. In those matches, he saved all twenty six opposition shots on target, including six big chances. Wow. It's ridiculous. Wow. It, it's ridiculous. It's, uh, it's ridiculous. As he kept clean yeah. shots in them as well, then am I thinking? Um, was one well, if he saved it. every, yeah, every yeah. shot on goal. That is, like, forget about elite mentality then. That's elite. That's just elite. That's mm. top of the top. That's Matrix shit, isn't it? Yeah. That's genuinely. Yeah. And, but, but then again, doing it when it matters, but he doesn't just do it when it matters. He does it, well, it matters every game because Liverpool going for the Premier League, but he does it week in week out anyway yeah. and that's just a shot stopping you don't think about the, the closing down space and, and, and all that and, and, and the distributions another massive part of it you're looking at it and you know for a fact I think there was one it happens every single game but Robbo's that outlet ball every time and Robbo just finds a little pocket of space you think you've got to either bend it round with a throw or get it round that way with a kick and he can do it on points every single time yeah. he hardly ever loses I think there was one when he hit it to touch there was accident. one moment when he got closed down and, it, and, the, yeah. guy, and the guy got, got yeah. a touch on it blah, blah, blah. but you know again the positions yeah, in which that's yeah. happening the far less dangerous than what you know. Look at the one for Adrian. You know, we know the two actually yeah. that happened for Adrian. Where it's, it's right in front of your goal. You're on the six yard line. If you're going to do that, <coughs> be away. Be away from your goal. And ultimately, it's a it's a touch, not a not a competition. But even things like that. Sorry, mate. I'm fine with doing that. Passing up from the back. It was like a season and a half ago. I was like, okay, just just get it out. Get, get rid of it. Whereas now it's like, oh, I was fine. I trust him to pick the pass. Yeah. Someone's five yards away from him, barring that one. Fair enough. He'll pick someone out. I think he's got. Um, I think he's give confidence to the strikers as well as as mad as it might seem. The fact that they're in training with him every every day, yeah. and they know, you know, your heads could drop when you miss a chance, but they know we're not always going to score past Allison. But yeah. in training, we have to keep going until we either get the goals that Klopp wants us to do, or we do the drill in the way that he wants us to perform it, and we keep going. So in the match, it's the same thing. We miss a chance. All right, it doesn't matter. We'll get another opportunity. We'll work for that other opportunity. And I think in terms of a mental thing now for us, it's that. 
we, we've got the best keeping in the world. If we can beat Allison and Shane, we can beat whoever's in their sticks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah. You've seen videos of Jordan Pickford on the last of the darts. Yes. I guess the shadow of the game, I think Klopp referred to it. Ross is Oxford Chamberlain going off injured. I mean, it's good to say he's got the boot on and he's, yeah. he, he doesn't stop him getting involved with the celebrations, which you'd hope. It bodes well in terms mm. of how serious it is or whatever, but it was a it's it's a blow losing. I actually think probably Cater would have come off. I think he was one of the ones he wasn't really having an impact in as much in the game. Um, I thought it was miles better than Chamberlain. To be honest, still in Chamberlain. Oh, oh no, I don't think. Game. But I think in terms of the, the there was a spell just before the the, the injury mm. where Chamberlain's still bombing around. He looks the fresher of the of, of the midfielders. Yeah. Cater's not actually tracking back. There's a moment where Klopp on the touchline goes. He basically shouts at Naby and goes like. Are you all right? Are you all right? Well, fuck him, run then, dickhead. Like you mean? So, um, on the on the, the 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 flip of it, though, of course, I thought Adam Lallana come come in and was actually everything we needed in the midfield. Yeah, the, the chairman stuff was was just horrific when you initially saw it because he kind of like half crawled on the floor and just looked up at the bench and just like, oh shit, he's, yeah. he's done it again. Like, again. Yeah, you think it's yeah. his knee? Yeah, yeah. 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 you think it's gone again? And he's down for four or five minutes. Luckily, he has got the boot on. He managed to walk off. He joined in the celebrations, and you know, he looks like he's was relatively happy. Just, we don't know what it is yet, but at least he's, he's, we know it's not as bad as it was. Adam Lallana, I'm fine with when he comes on. That's the second time where I've come. That's 13, 14, Lallana, right there. You know, turns of energy. He's a squad player. He knows that now. If he wants to come on and do a job, I don't have big expectations of him because I don't need to have. Yeah, because he just needs to come in and fill in, and he does that fine. I don't expect him to start in week out. He doesn't need to. Well, he's just come off the back of a game where <coughs> he played. DM and he looked knackered by the end of that game yeah. and he's just coming this is the point he's going at the end of the season and and I and hopefully people will be able to appreciate him for what he is not Liverpool's best player Tom but he's a fantastically gifted footballer he's very very intelligent <laughs> yeah. and he's got a fierce determination that runs to him that people don't give him credit for because they see the Cruyff turns and presume he's like a, a massive fanny or whatever but he's not he's a very committed footballer no he is he loves the press yeah. He absolutely loves that style of football. That's why when Klopp first came in, he was our best player for that midfield because yeah. he'd come in and do that job. And when he played the 10 the other week against Everton, fantastic in doing that as well. It was interesting for me because obviously I was watching the substitutes because every time they came out, they got booed by the Flamengo fans, which was quite funny. But he wasn't part of the, the, the group warming up. It was Milner, it was Origi and it was Shakiri warming up on the side, getting told stuff. But then Adam Lallana comes on and as you see, uh, he's getting told stuff by um, Pep Linders. And you're thinking, oh wow, so right, he's telling them, you need to be there, 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 there. And he just picked the ball up in midfield, turned on it and drove forward. And you're thinking, this guy, is he's, he's getting on late, early 30s, sorry. Obviously, you'd think, oh, it doesn't have the stamina and that to get about, but he just puts in a shift. Absolutely brilliant. You're right in terms of it's what we needed. I think the game changed. As soon as he came on, we were able to get more of a foothold in an attacking area and make things happen. And we started streaming forward a bit more. Yeah. Um, it, it just kind of flipped the mentality. And then they changed the system and that freed up Naby Keita in the midfield. Yeah. That, that little pawn moving changed so much on, on, on the, the, the field. It was yeah. great to see. Yeah, absolutely. I want to talk about the... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. 
probably one of the worst refereeing performances in the history of professional football. Um, <coughs> the first two minutes of the game, I thought, oh, this referee's all right. He's letting stuff go. He's not, be, he's not buying into some <coughs> theatrics. He's explaining all his decisions to the players on the pitch. And there's a couple of times he's going, you filed there, you filed there. If you file again, I'll book you. And I quite liked the way that he was conducting himself. But it came, became very clear very soon that he was doing, he was a normal person an untrained person <laughs> performing a role that yeah. he's seen done before by other people, kind of like Phil Neville playing for Everton, oh. he, you know, like oh, he, Martin Atkinson. Well, yeah, but like you know, when you got to, like he's watched clearly watched all oh, a bit like um, Catch Me If You Can with um, Leonardo, with, yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. when he, he watches like uh, hospital videos and picks up all the lingo and stuff. Yeah. He was absolutely fucking abysmal. I think he, he he was shit, and I think he was just a little bit spineless. I think those flamenco players just got into his head for whatever reason I don't know why but they seem to I think it was part of their tactics and you know I don't blame them for having those type of tactics you've got to do what you've got to do I suppose yeah. but he was buying into their play acting he was buying into them rolling around in the theatrics of you as you said and I just thought at some point it was the it was the Rafina one for me and, and I loved what Robbo did with Mane it was that little episode at the, um, just before half time and Mane literally, he, he gets the ball and then the player goes down and then the ref blows and Mane gets booked. And I'm looking thinking, you've booked him for that. There wasn't... Well, the guy, he jumps on Mane's back. Yeah, and pulls and, him and, pulls him, and Mane spins and, and then throws him off. Him, yeah. And the referee books, books Mane. Mane and and Robbo just comes over and goes, don't worry, I'll get him. <laughs> yeah. And then he does. He actually does it yeah, the second does, time. Yeah. Oh, that was great. But it was little things like that. And I was just thinking... That was a little bit bizarre, and then that's obviously yeah. before half time, and then obviously the VAR stuff towards the back end of the um, the match, and I just thought, oh, if he have threw him into my, into the Lions, then my there, issue um, with this Ross is, I, I I'm gonna word this carefully, but a Qatari person can be the best referee in the world. But if you are refing in Qatar and that's your that's basis your of experience, you cannot be the best referee in the world. And that's that the kind of you know it's not about where he's from; it's about the standard at which he's refereeing on a on a weekly basis, which hampers him there. Because if you want that to be a big prestigious tournament, if you want that to be the fight the, the World Cup for clubs, then you can't just grab some fella at the local association and chuck him onto that stage. No, you need the, the qualifications and the experience, don't you, behind you of managing all two teams of, of the calibre that, that you mentioned there. there was loads now, bear in mind, I think it's a Graham Paul booked the same player three times <laughs> yeah. in a World Cup game once. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we have to yeah, well, be getting, well, you know what I mean? But why not have the refs who managed the Champions League final or the Super Cup or you know each individual one, then kind of pull them all together and go, actually, it's one of you because you have the experience. Yeah. But it was just the fact that you're right. You know, he kept buying everything, and there was fouls that he was giving for them. Liverpool doing the same thing, or even with Liverpool, like I think Naby Keita got a foul given against him for winning the ball. Yeah, and yeah. Like, what, what, what is going on in the VAR stuff? A few of them. Like I still don't know. I still you don't might know. not have seen it because you know, unless he comes on the big screen <coughs> or whatever. But the amount of it became like bemused, bemused expressions from Liverpool players which slowly turned to frustration which turned to anger over the over the course of the year. The referee blows for full time and Jordan Henderson basically screams. Rips him a new one. Like, like, oh, I know, he was doing that the whole game. <laughs> but like, yeah. the, like, the game's over, Ross. Yeah. Like, the game's yeah. over. Like, my, my driver instructor was a knobhead and mm -hmm. I vowed that if I, if I passed my test I was going to tear a strip off him but I was so happy that I passed my driver in test I gave him a hug instead it. and let it go. Jordan Henderson's first response to winning the Club World Cup is to turn around and go like, oh, your face, you dickheads, you <laughs> shit dickheads. Yeah. Um, yeah. Horrendous. I got food, got food as well. Yeah, so we, oh, we, yeah. they got the medals, didn't they? And <laughs> they got the oh, flag side. He got us, the linesman got us flag side. Really? Well, you know how all, all, the all the teams got the medals and then the refs went up and got the medals. The whole crowd, not just, not just yeah, Liverpool fans, everyone. the whole crowd booed them. And and his team just went no that was that was abysmal and uh, to be fair the the VAR stuff he got right by the letter of the law he got it right he got the decision wrong to start with because he thought it was inside the box and not outside the box but by the letter of the law that if if it's a if it's a if it's a penalty if he's given a penalty and yeah. then VAR rules it not a penalty and it's uncontested by the, the, the by the attacking team it's a drop ball for the defending team. That's it's, a rule. It's a fucking is, stupid rule. Though. It's a stupid oh, rule. The problem is, is that it's a it's a it's a foul. 
outside your money outside the box. And you got it wrong. So we get yeah, exactly. So he goes through, decides it's a penalty. They show him it for whatever reason. The way they showed him it was mad because they showed him the wrong angles, as they always fucking do. <coughs> oh, he's got there for a good three minutes there, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and, and decides yeah. that it's nothing. It's a it's a it's a foul outside the box and it's a red card. But he can't which give that big... after the fact. He can't give that after the fact by the rules. It's mad. I'll get it up while you have a conversation. Okay. But even like inside the stadium, like the big screen said, no penalty foul outside the box. Yeah. So it was kind of like, okay, yeah, that'll do. And the next minute he's came in front of the goalkeeper, and there was no announcements or nothing inside the stadium. So we just didn't have a fucking clue what was going on. Well, we even like in the graphics, they, they rescinded Rafinha's yellow card for it as well. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Down as a no foul. Yeah. And, and so like the graphic over the cross through the yellow card. So like, as we had this conversation upstairs before. If you if that situation happens again, can you just take a chance as a defender that you foul someone outside the box and the ref gets it wrong again? So you don't get booked. Well, you don't get a free I mean, kick, yeah. and then you don't get a penalty either. It's like, oh, it's, I've just stopped you from scoring a goal and you don't get because he was through. Yeah, yeah, and you don't get anything. Yeah, oh shit. Because like, that's the thing. What if, if Manny falls and, and, and if Manny has broken his ankle there or whatever? Yeah, and we're yeah. saying that because of the letter of the law, you can get away with breaking someone's ankle because of the, cause, to be fair, it falls into the same category as the, all the offside stuff. Yeah. You know, when you when you're playing on. He's go. Oh, we'll just play on and, and, and let the play develop before you flag offside. And he might have pulls a hamstring. No, also, if you're saying he's followed the letter of the law, given his previous performance throughout the whole game, consistency, he doesn't know the fucking rules. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was the one instance where someone's, someone's got the rule book up in yeah. VAR. Yeah. This. I, it reminds me. Remember, we had a Sunday league team when I was uh, when I was living in Sheffield, and we, we you have to send someone from your team to go and learn how to be a referee as well at that level. So we sent someone to this guy and the first game of the season, the first day of referee school, you learn whether a match is fit to be played or not. And it was dead windy and he basically called the game off for the first game because it was the only thing he knew about refereeing. <laughs> um, so it was quite windy, so it was his one piece of knowledge you know, and he used it to cancel. Yeah, no, 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 no. But it was like that someone's going, oh, I remember this, getting the notebook out. <laughs> uh, oh no, it's nothing. Horseshit, absolutely fucking horseshit. Uh, we'll just have to believe you, Tom. And if, I can't if Tom's find wrong, it. Let us know in the comments. I get the I get the rules and we'll put it up on the on the screen. Um, yeah, oh, I've got Rafinha's a bellend, but we kind of covered that. He's a massive, massive. Bellend. What was with the headgear as well? Uh, he, he, he dated himself in the Copa de Copa Libertadores final, apparently, uh, um, and that's why he was wearing it. It's not fa it's not a fashion statement. It's definitely not. Um, There's a great video at the end of Mane looking at him, giving him daggers. The very end of the game, giving. Rafinha daggers and Robbo having a pop at him and then Henderson laughing trying to shake his hand just the three different things and they're all brilliant the man is like I hate you Robbo's like I hate you and I'm going to tell you yep. and Henderson's like I hate you but how we won you know what I mean <laughs> uh, well look he brought him up we saved the best to last um, Jordan Henderson take a bow Jordan oh, Henderson oh. what a man what a yeah let's just just, just just because captain of the best team in the world lifted the European Cup Lifted the Super Cup, lifted the Club World Cup. Not only does he lift it, he gives it a good. Oh, mate. <laughs> and I, 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 I hypothesised on my on my video after the game that that the only reason we let that game be as dramatic as possible so we can keep doing the Henderson Trophy oh, lift. Yeah. Because if you just win that five 0 it's embarrassing. It's a yeah. bit cringeworthy to do that when you've just pissed it. But to re to go through a really tough fourth semi final, last gasp win, and then win an extra time, yeah, you go mad. Same with the Super Cup. Um, he did it. Uh, he, he epitomised everything that was great about Liverpool in that game. He had the quality. He had the the resilience. He had the mentality. Everything that you want out of a Liverpool captain in terms of showing the players around him how to work and how to do it. He played that ball. He played the ball for. Bobby for for first, Bobby, yeah, half, and then he played yeah. the ball for Mane to get us the goal. He's got the, the, the fitness just to keep going. He's putting out fires in the under 18th minutes. He's shouting at the ref, doing what you want him to do on the pitch, making sure that Liverpool are willed to the end. Yeah. It's the fans doing it, but it was Jordan Henderson just going, lads, we are good enough. I want to lift this another trophy. I want to keep my trophy lifts going. Because at the end of the day, like we've had some great captains. He's probably lifted quite a few... Like, he's going with Gerard. Yeah, yeah, like, that's yeah he's, like, well, he's lifted as many trophies as Gerard has, and he's lifted one that Gerard never has, and, and he's lifted one that no other Liverpool captain ever has as well. And he know? could lift, and he could lift one that we've sought after for so long, and he'll be a massive part of that. And I was speaking with a with a cab driver on the way down, and he, he was basically saying, "I've never understood the Henderson hate. I sort of have done. 
I've understood the Henderson hate, but since he's moved further the forward, hate—that is the problem with it. Hate, not hate in like like haters it's on critics, Twitter. Man, yeah. Yeah. Critics, yeah. yeah, yeah. But like he, he moved further forward, and he was able to express himself a bit more. He wasn't confined to this role, and I think that's freed him up. Just not in terms of his game, but in terms of his mentality. Knowing that people appreciate him on the field, and he's been able to kick on from that. It's well, been great. I've got a question for you, then, on, on what you're saying about Hendo there. How many seasons as a midfielder, and this will go to the to YouTube guys as well watching would you consider yourself you have to do how many seasons before you're classed as a world class midfielder because <laughs> in my argument now I'm thinking he's at least got three under his belt it's the 13-14 season where arguably he's one of our best midfielders and then the last two years he's consistently been of the level that he was performing at the other night and I think if it was another midfielder, as you said plenty of times, if he's Spanish, if he's French, people will wax lyrical about Jordan Henderson. It's the fact that he's, you know, a lad from Sunderland. And he, he, it's because he's got he's, no flair about him either. He just he does that dogged work that you industrial. talked about. It's not, it's not attractive yeah. to like yeah. a FIFA thing or, you know, people who play, or kids who play FIFA even. It's just like, oh, he's just, he just runs about and does stuff. Whereas he, he fits our system. He fits what Klopp does, which makes him world-class. I think he's world-class in our system. Yeah. And under Jürgen Klopp, with the jury still out with But I, I just don't know what he can't do. But, you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah, he's yeah. got, he's got the... Should have scored, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that's the point. That goes in the top bin. Oh. That's the moment. That's, that, that's what he's lacking. The only thing Jordan Henderson lacks is a few more match of the day moments. Okay. You know, the goal against Chelsea a few seasons ago is an absolute okay. pearly, you know, up and down, top corner. If he just scored like one of them a season, I think he'd have a little people would have a little bit more on it. But you know, I watch him every week and I've seen some of the best players ever to play the game play, you know, at four at four Liverpool and against Liverpool. And you know, we've been lucky we've had some great sides in, in my in my lifetime and, and beyond. And I don't, I don't see what he doesn't, what he doesn't have, you know. I, and it's, and I keep putting down, I cut this down. If he was French or he was Czech or he was pick another, pick any other nationality, nationality yeah. pretty much, we wouldn't, there would be no doubts over him. But it's the fact that he's from Sunderland and his middle name's Brian. I think it's just like it's just one of them, it, you know. And we've had to watch his development. I think maybe that's the problem. Yeah. As well. I was saying then about you know his world class and Klopp system. He's played in multiple systems though, yeah. and every manager that's had him to play in in, in their team, I've rated him. Yeah. So he, he was good in Brendan's system. There's no system. currently pl current Premier League player who's got more appearances in the Premier League, I think, than, than Jordan Henderson that came out last week. I believe. Like this is this is a guy, and you can, this is what you put. The point is, how do you rank someone? We've seen plenty of supposedly brilliant, all these flair players, all these different kind of lads who everyone who probably bam, brighter but shorter. Santi Cazorla, he was great for two three, two seasons tops, yeah. and then tailed off, got injured. Well, this is it. Albeit, and we, we just love that, don't we? We never, we never seem to rate longevity. We never seem to rate the lads. With us. To stick around is a different challenge. Like, until well you James Milner, until you're the friend. Well, yeah. good saying John Lennon was better than Paul McCartney, but we'll never know because we never had to live with John Lennon fucking producing his fifteenth fucking studio Dude, album when yeah. he's and he's and he, he's fat and bloated and he's got nothing else to sing about. You know what I mean? You, you know, you've, that's what that's what he's got. And you see these players who come in for two seasons and amazing. Everyone goes, oh, it was the best, it was the absolute best ever. John Lennon's just been here this whole time. He's played ten years in the Premier League. It's weird. I wouldn't call him world class, even though I think he is. You know what I mean? Because you'd embarrass him. Yeah, no, I am. But we I shouldn't am. be. I am. No, he is. Be. He is the captain of the best club in the world. I'm yeah. sitting here thinking, is he world class? Though? I think he's, he's also. He's also got the thing of Steven Gerrard was yeah. the captain before him, yeah. which was used to, as a stick to, to beat him with, or Javi yeah. Alonso or Mascherano were there before him. I've said and because this he was so young when he started, yeah. everyone goes, well, he's not like them, therefore he's shit. Steven Gerrard <laughs> was the captain of Liverpool ultimately. Because we were a bit crap. Mm. To start because, with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, look, we were good. We were, there were times when we were good throughout that throughout that period. Like, oh, eight or nine, we were yeah. as good as anything around that in the, in the Premier League at that time. But Gerard was we we gave Gerard the captain's armband as a, as a as a sweetener to keep him at the club. We tried it with Suarez as well. We tried it with Coutinho a little bit as well. You know, football clubs do this when when they they know they're not their best players bigger than them. They, they use this as a political tool to try and convince them that they're a bit, they're a bit more or whatever. Crap teams give their best players the captain's armband. Sometimes your best player is also your best captain. Yeah. But Jamie Carragher was the captain <coughs> for Liverpool. He was the best, the best person to be captain for Liverpool. But Gerrard was the was a was a figurehead captain. That it's like giving Alan Shearer the captain's armband at Newcastle. It happens time and time and time again. Not you, 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 Liverpool are in a situation now where we can give the best captain 
the captain's armband. Yeah, I was going to say, Gerard's definitely better than Henderson. I know that's, that's, you didn't say that Henderson's better than Gerard. Gerard was by far and away a better player than Jordan Henderson. But I think you're right. I think, but then that's the best part about this team is Jordan Henderson is the best captain for the team. But then Virgil van Dijk's the best captain for the team. You've got captains in each area, each section of the pitch. You've got a captain in Allison. You've got a captain in Van Dijk. You've got a captain in Robbo. You've got a captain in Henderson. You've got a captain in Milner. Salah. Captain in Lallana. You've got a captain in... Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. They just keep going and keep fighting through. You have these players all over the pitch who are willing to give a pop at each other. Yeah. The amount of times you see the players shouting at each other, Hendo at Chambo, Hendo at Trent, Van Dijk at a Hendo, Van Dijk at Genie, all these players giving their opinions. It doesn't mean that they're angry with each other. It means... I know, I yeah. can see this, and they take it on board. No these egos players, in there, exactly. Is that, they all appreciate different. everyone's cooperation. They all appreciate the fact that this fella's having a pop at me because I did something wrong, and I know that I have the confidence within me as well to have a pop at them. Everyone's equals in that team, and yet, like Jordan Henderson having that armband to me doesn't mean anything massive. It just means that he's one of a collective of captains. These are people who go to their national sides and are captains. I think for me, I think that, but also there's a reason amongst all them he's got the armband yeah. and he's the best at those. All the things yeah. that make you a captain, those, those in, some of them are intangibles. They're not stats. You know, It's not like influence 20 on fucking footy manager. Yeah. There's more to it than one column on a spreadsheet that tells you what a captain is and there's loads of lads who've got all of the, the contributing factors to it and he is the he he possesses the most of all of those things yeah. because in addition to that he's also able to get himself on the pitch you know where's been where's jordan henderson's rest been we've been rotating this side massively this last fortnight mm. where's jordan henderson's rest jordan henderson's not not just not, not just not been resting he, he played centre half. Yeah. <laughs> he played centre half for the first time in his career yeah. in in a game. Just stepped up and did it. And was he the best, was he amazing? No, he's never played fucking no. centre half before. Yeah. But he, he, he you know he did it. He did a good job in, in that. And that's been Jordan Henderson all over for me. Um, I think he's brilliant, and I and I I love the fact that we're going to see those trophy lifts forever and ever and ever. He's made this an iconic thing. It's you know we're not going to appreciate it now. In years to come, you know, there's, there's kids growing up who are young watching that, and that will be their that will be their first moment, or that will be their their biggest moments as, as, as teenagers, and young men, and young women, and all that kind of stuff. That this will just be cemented in Liverpool's history forever. Yeah. Like I know Graham Souness was amazing. I never watched him play for Liverpool. I'm too young to to watch that, but it's just accepted. Yeah, yeah. And I love the fact that there's people who just loathe Jordan Henderson. Just strange, strange people who loathe him. Don't mind if you don't think he's great, but the people, there's people who, who loathe yeah. him. And I love the fact that they have to exist in a world where he is going to be one of the most decorated Liverpool captains of all time. I just think it shoves it right in the face and it makes me smile. I think as well, more than anything else, it's a testament to who he is as a, as a person, as a human being, first and foremost, because... He, and I think this with a lot of footballers, especially as you, we said before about the French and the Italians, or you know, if he was under a different nationality, we'd probably have different views towards him. The fact of the matter is, for me, English players, when they get to sign for the big six, they can easily fall into the trap of becoming complacent and having that, that feeling of entitlement. I should start every game. I, you know, I should be the poster boy. I should be the captain. They Dwayne Pennant admitted this when he signed for Liverpool. He said that he felt that he'd made it when, yeah. he, got, when he walked in the door. And it's and a level of entitlement that, that some players do have and some players have got the, the, the quality to back it up. But Jordan Henderson realised very early on in his Liverpool career there was a ceiling that everyone doubted he could ever reach. Mm -hmm. And the only way that he would get there is if he kept knocking on the door, punching through the door, knocking on the next door, punching through the next door. Yeah. And he's gone up through the gears over the last three or four years to the point now where he is on, on, on like you can't you can't knock the work rate that he's put in because it's a mentality thing. He's told himself, I have got no God given right to start in this to be in the starting eleven. Mm -hmm. The only way I guarantee my space is if I lead by example, chain hard and put in the hard yards when I get the chance on the pitch and yeah. he's doing all of that. And yeah. all the big look at all the big goals we've scored in recent weeks. Jordan Henderson's fingerprints are all over, over it in different ways. You yeah, know, it's about yeah. 13, 14, all the best stuff we did that season. Jordan Henderson is the guy before he's either the pass the, the assist pass or he's the pass before that and he's back to being that again. You can't he, he's so integral to what we do and it's he's supposed to be gone. Yeah. And, and you might we might argue well, Fabinho getting injured is a is a fact in that. But again, Liverpool 
have started keeping clean sheets. We've gotten better. We're winning, we're winning things without Fabinho. Fenderson was there before Fabinho. He's, he's upped his level since he's arrived. And now that he's out the team, you're seeing that even better Jordan Henderson in a position that he's meant to be a rubber shadow or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's, I, again, just in it, I just think <coughs> Jordan Henderson's great and he deserves all the success in the world. There's something not on Jordan Henderson that I want to go on before, before we finish. The support for Mohamed Salah, and Ross can back me up on this, yeah. in the ground was something I have never seen in my entire life. This is a this is a fella going back to an, an area of the world that he's that he's lived in. They absolutely adore him over there. So obviously he won the golden ball, didn't he? Oh. And then he won some other trophy, which I think in my head is just an excuse to get him yeah. on screen there because the every the, the amount of times he picked up the ball and the crowd rose and that's both legs, both games. And the, the, it was it was fantastic to see that just how much this player is loved. This Liverpool player is loved they're, they're like that around the world. It. It was just, they were just shouting Salah for, like, repeatedly, but it was deafening. It was deafening. And it was on another level. Even when they did the team news on the screens at the beginning, it's like a roar for the, to the, the players, whatever. Yeah. But then the whole stadium when Salah came on was just like... Rah. And I didn't realise just how much, just as, a, just as an aside to the game, I didn't realise just how much he could be loved. We love him at this club, yeah. but they love him as a person, as just a, a he's like an activist in his own right. And yeah. the fact that he's playing at the biggest football well, club it, in the world. Well, it's just that thing, isn't it? You know, from a Liverpool perspective, we Liverpool fans worldwide will support the player because they're a Liverpool player. Mm. But him being a Muslim means that there's like you know everyone of the of the Muslim faith who, who, who pays attention to, to him existing. I, you know, I've been been into in Turkey and you're talking to, to people yeah. and they want to talk to you about Mohamed yeah. Salah. I, I, I yeah, you're right. He's a, he's, it was. Amazing. It was literally. It was. It was not not emotional in the sense. I was crying, but I was just like, wow, wow. I just wanted to bring it up. Yeah, no, absolutely fantastic. Well, chance. Oh, actually, one last point on the Jordan Henderson. Look, that midfield three we played with Fabinho, our incredible number six, who's the best number six in the world, was fucking dead when he walked off the pitch when he played in a midfield three with Oxlade Chamberlain and Naby Keita. <laughs> played against Genk and he walked off the pitch like he had been <laughs> abused. For that time, because he'd had to do all the days and that, and Jordan Henderson was still shouting at people at the end of extra time. So yeah, amazing. Um, right, yes, thank you uh, for watching, for listening, and for subscribing to the YouTube channel. We made it to four hundred thousand subscribers. Yeah, so well done, everyone. Uh, thank you well very done, much to those of you who are watching and have subscribed as well. If you want more, um, the RedmenTV.com makes everything that we do tick. Head over there and subscribe. We've got extra videos for you uh, going out over the Christmas period and, of course, into the, the new year with Liverpool plowing their way towards hopefully 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 a 19th league title and um, we'll have you covered the whole way it's completely free for the first month so yeah head over to redmentv.com and sign up Ta-da. hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.